Welcome to the podcast for the 21st Annual First Conference Kyoto, Japan, June 28th through July 3rd, 2009. The Forum of Incident Response and Security Teams is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to bringing together computer security incident response teams. I'm your host, Martin McKay, and I'll be bringing you weekly interviews highlighting the people who make the First Conference possible, the leading experts in the CSIRT field who will be presenting, and the topics that will be covered. The theme for the 2009 conference is Aftermath. Crafts and Lessons of Incident Recovery. The conference covers advanced topics in security incident prevention, detection, and response, the latest advances in computer and network security tools, and opportunities to share views, experiences, and resolutions in the computer security incident response field. For more information on the conference, please visit conference.first.org. And now, please join me for this week's interview in progress. Hello, this is Martin McKay, and I'm here today with Jeff Carpenter, the technical manager of the CERT Coordination Center. And uh, well, how are you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing great. You? It's a beautiful day here in Northern California, but uh, how, how is it where you're at? Uh, it's starting to warm up in Pittsburgh. Sounds good. Now, you are working with FIRST, and the, well, not just you, but uh, the entire CERT is working with FIRST, and you are running the Best Practices Contest for 2009. What exactly is the Best Practices Contest? Well, we started this last year. We've known for a long time that people in the FIRST community develop a lot of innovative solutions that they implement in their organizations. Uh, and we felt that if we held a contest and offered cash prizes, we might be able to draw out some of the best practices that organizations that participate in FIRST have and can make those available to the whole community you know, for, their, for their benefit. People always talk about sharing best practices, but the people that, that are in this business that do this work are very busy people, and sometimes it's hard for them to find the time to put together some of their best practices into a, into a form that it can be shared easily with other people. So we thought if we held a contest and we offered some prizes that it might make it you know, be more of an incentive for people to want to to share the good work that they've done with others in the community. And, and they're not exactly small prizes. I mean, looking at the site, they're uh, 5000 for first prize and, and 2500 for second. Yes, we wanted to make it large enough that it would attract people's attention. We came up with those amounts to show the community that we're serious and we really want them to participate in, in this contest. Well, now, I, one of the other things I notice is that this is not just limited to, to CERT people. And in fact, it's not going to, I mean, sorry, to, to the people who are members of FIRST. And it's also not going to just be limited to going out to members of FIRST. Is that correct? That's correct. It's, it's open to anyone can submit uh, a best practice for us to consider. And uh, the results of the contest will be published on both the FIRST.org website and on our website at the CERT Coordination Center, www.cert.org, for everyone to see. You know, we're doing this for the benefit of the entire community, not just the members uh, members of FIRST. And the topic this year is to detect, and, and I assume that you're meaning of detecting attacks. We've broken it down over a four-year cycle of going through protect, detect, respond, and sustain. Last year, we focused on protect, and this year, we're focused on detect. So for detect, it's how do we look for events? How do we find events? How do we notice events? How do we proactively monitor for indicators of 
of activity. This could be network monitoring, IDS, or any other kind of functions that, that people have to specifically proactively look for problems. But it's not just the detection. We're also including in this, you know, how do we analyze those indicators that are provided? How do we determine for the indicators that we find which ones really are problems uh, and which ones aren't? And then finally, how do we look back over the indicators that we uh, that we've collected over time and determine which indicators are effective, which ones aren't, or are there other ways that we can be looking for indicators uh, that we haven't been using in the past. And and what level of technical detail are you looking for out of the, the people who are entering? Uh, do you want them to get down to the, the bit level and to the uh, um, packet level when submitting this to you, or, or do you want a, a higher level review of, of their detection methods? Well, actually, we don't put that, a restriction on as to what level they should be on. We're looking for best practices at all levels, best practices that would be useful both to the technology practitioners but also technology managers. And FIRST as an organization has not focused solely on one category of participants versus another. FIRST has welcomed both the technology management, the people that are managing security, uh, technologies as well as the practitioners that are dealing with the bits and bytes every day. So we, we welcome submissions that fall into either category. And you mentioned that last year's uh, contest was Protect. And, and t- tell me a little bit about that. Like, give me some background so that people know what, what it is that they may be seeing out of this. Last year, uh, we had two winners in last year's Best Practices Contest in the, uh, in the Protect category. The first was focused on best practices relating to addressing social engineering attacks in in email, uh, and that was submitted by uh, several staff members of TWN CERT. And the second uh, winning submission uh, was from the National Sea CERT in uh, Korea, uh, KISA, and they had a submission on a best practice dealing with a case study of spam and how to address spam threat management at a national uh, at a national level. I'm curious. Do they bring to the table a different perspective on, in, in the case of social engineering, uh, on these technologies than we would here in the United States? It, well, we actually have found that one of the one of the advantages of the first conference is that it brings people worldwide together, and people in different cultures uh, in different countries. Uh, have different ways of addressing problems, and we found that you can find a variety of, of solutions in, in working in a global audience. You're able to, to work with people that have come up with unique solutions that you in your own region may not have uh, come up with on your own. So, Jeff, where can people find out more about the, the contest, and, and what are the submission dates? Sure. With the first website uh, at www.first.org, uh, has information about not only the best practices contest, but actually the the 21st annual first conference, which is being held in Kyoto, Japan, uh, at the end of June, beginning of July of this year. And uh, one of the pages on that website at www.first.org/global/practices uh, has the specific information about the best practices contest. So specifically, the things that I talked about before in terms of what we're looking for in this year's topics are, are covered as well as some of the 
the other details of the contest. Uh, there is a deadline coming up. Uh, the deadline for submissions is uh, April 30th. Uh, the winners will be announced at the conference uh, in Kyoto. Uh, one of the mornings of the conference, we will have the announcement of the winners and we'll hand uh, the checks out to the two winning either people or teams. I guess I, I should mention you can either submit as an individual or you can submit as a team. Uh, either is, is acceptable. And something else that's very important to point out is that people have to actually have the intellectual property rights to what they're they're uh, submitting, and and have to, if it's from their their work, they have to have permission. Exactly, and that is detailed on. Uh, there's a list of legal legally uh, legal requirements that are listed on the uh, on the best practices page. Uh, they have to have the ability to to allow us to to republish those as essentially. Uh, what we would need. We need to, whoever owns those has to give us permission to be able to republish them. Now to switch tact for a minute, um, you must have a a really interesting view of security and the, and the internet in general from your position as the technical manager for CERT CC. What's it like at that level? I mean, I just can't imagine what some of the things you might be seeing right now. Well, it's a very interesting job. Uh, We, we just, uh, you know, this this past year have celebrated our 20th anniversary of of work here at the CERT Coordination Center, and a lot has changed over those uh, over those 20 20 years. You know, we've learned a lot, and we've done a lot to help the community. One of the things that we did early on is we were one of the founding members at first. We believed that there needed to be a forum where people could come together, share information about the problems that they're facing, and uh, have a way to to build the relationships uh, to help them uh, perform their everyday work, and I think that's one of the things that we've done that's been uh, pretty successful is is helping others come together to form uh, to form first. Uh, in terms of my specific job, I work uh, directly in the part of the CERT program that traces its origin all the way back to our original days after the Morris Worm in in 1988. Uh, so I oversee the work we do in incident analysis and in vulnerability vulnerability analysis. I've been here for about 14 years, and uh, one of the things that, that has made me want to stay here this long is that we have such a great group of very smart people that are dedicated to uh, improving security. And every day brings new challenges, new learning opportunities, uh, and it's really been a fun job over the past 14 years. How have you seen things change over over that time? I mean, it's uh, you, you mentioned the Morris Worm, and we're so far beyond that now that it's it's amazing. Yeah, they've changed in several ways. Obviously, the the biggest change has been in people's use of the internet. Uh, when I started working here in 1995, the internet was still a word that a lot of people on the street wouldn't even know what it was. Now I think it'd be hard-pressed to find anybody that doesn't know what the Internet is or doesn't use it in some way uh, in their, in their daily, daily life. Uh, and the challenges that we face in security technology have changed, uh, have changed also. You know, in the early days, vendors didn't really have, most vendors didn't really have the capability to adequately deal with vulnerabilities in their, in their products and you know, how do you fix them, how do you get patches out. Uh, that's a problem that, you know, for for most vendors has has been solved. They have process in place to find vulnerabilities. Or, I mean, to 
to handle vulnerabilities that are reported to them, to, to get patches out. Uh, and many have taken significant steps to improve their development processes to minimize the amount of vulnerabilities that make it into the products before, uh, before they make it out, out the door. We've also seen significant change in, you know, in the attack patterns. You know, what are the, who are the people that are conducting uh, security attacks and what is their, their motivation? You know, it's now criminals and crime as a major focus of cyber attacks. And 10, 15 years ago, that really wasn't the, the primary reason behind all of the, the attacks. Certainly there was crime 15 years ago, but it wasn't the, you know, a, a significant primary motivating factor as it is today. It, where the money is is where the criminals will go. Well, and they, right now they see significant uh, money uh, in the Internet uh, and using the Internet as a tool for other, you know, as a tool in their toolkit of other tools to, to conduct crime and fraud. Well, I'm, I'm sure a large part of that is just because we don't have the technology or we don't have the tools and the, and the manpower at this point for police forces and, and governments to actually uh, hunt down these people in a lot of cases. Yeah, well, we are making some improvements in that area. I, you know, I think over the past five years, there have been significant improvements in law enforcement's knowledge and capability uh, to deal with these. But, the, but it's a large problem, and, and we're not at the point yet where we, we're having enough impact that the criminals believe that that, it is, that isn't the best avenue for them to use for, uh, for committing crime. We still have ways to go. But we also have problems that... Not every problem that we face is directly a, you know, technological vulnerability problem. You know, humans who make mistakes, you know, are also a factor uh, in the problem as well. We we present very complex technology to to people who are not, uh, do not have the technical background to to fully understand the implications of what they're doing and using that technology and through things like phishing and other social engineering processes, they can be tricked into doing things that they really don't intend to, uh, to do. So education is also a, a component as well. You know, how do we teach people about the, the implications of the technology they're, they're using and how, how to best use it uh, safely? Well, and and that's a problem is that we have gone so far to abstract the end user from some of the technology to hide it and make it as, as user-friendly as possible. But like you said, that leads to them not understanding what it is they're doing when they click on a link even. That's right. Or if a box comes up and says, and, and this is how they interpret it, blah, 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 okay, uh, because they have no idea what it really means, and so they click okay. You know, they don't have a full understanding of what it is to, to operate that piece of technology and what the implications of the choices they make are. Now, excuse my ignorance for a second, but what really is the role of CERT in all of this? I mean, I know that you're where a lot of the alerts and a lot of the information comes from, but overall, what's, what's your role in securing the Internet? Well, our role today is is basically to work with organizations that have missions in economic security or national security of a of a country uh, to help those people with the technical work in protecting those those infrastructures. How do we better do a better job of protecting 
those infrastructures. So we work with law enforcement, we work with national CSERTs, we work with others who are responsible for those infrastructures to help them do uh, to do a better job and to help uh, increase the capabilities of their uh, of their staff. So obviously, one of our customers is uh, the U.S. government. We work very closely with them. Uh, we work with others in industry and academia uh, and in, in other governments as well. Jeff, viruses and worms and, and trojans and all of that are becoming a bigger and bigger problem. How, how is that affecting your job? How is that affecting um, certain general? Well, we constantly face new technology uh, challenges as the intruders use new techniques for, uh, for launching, a, launching attacks. Uh, how we help is by best examining what the intruder community is doing, what te- technologies they're using, what techniques they're using, how do we detect those, how do we determine what the next set of techniques we believe will be, be used by the attackers, and how do we defend against those. And we do that through a variety of ways. We do that through uh, analysis of malicious code that's developed by the intruder community. How can we do how can we analyze that code faster to understand what the code is doing, what vulnerabilities it's exploiting, are they vulnerabilities that we already know? Um, how do we uh, how do we defend against that piece of technology? Uh, how do we monitor network traffic and look at network traffic to understand the patterns that are involved? in in the activity that the that the uh that the attackers are using uh, so we work with the uh with our sponsors uh and collaborators in as the attackers and the intruders change their attack techniques how do we best detect those how do we best predict what we think they're going to do next and and the, this contest the the best practices contest is going to feed directly into that because it, it not only is how is CERT dealing with, with uh, detecting a lot of this, it's how are other people detecting a lot of it. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see what some of the uh, presentations, or I'm sorry, the papers uh, that you get and what they say. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and I think, actually, for me personally, I think that the topic for this year is, is more interesting to me than, than last year's topic uh, because my day-to-day work is more directly involved in uh, in the topic of this year's this year's uh, subject matter, so obviously I am interested in seeing uh, what some of the techniques that others in the community are using, novel techniques that they've developed, and best practices that they've adopted uh, to address this, that this specific issue. So, Jeff, are you going to be in Kyoto yourself giving this pre- giving the uh, awards away this year? Uh, I hope so. Uh, I, I really enjoyed. Handing the very large checks out last year to the to the two winners uh, and their teams were very excited that they won. So I look forward to being there to hand them again out again this year. It's going to be a very interesting paper, and hopefully um, I will see you there. Okay, I hope to see you there. You've been listening to the podcast for the 21st annual First Conference in Kyoto, Japan, June 28th through July 3rd, 2009. For more information, please visit conference.first.org. I'm your host, Martin McKay, and I'll be bringing you more interviews from the speakers and organizers of the first conference, as well as interviews live from the conference itself. You can also listen to my weekly podcast at netsecpodcast.com and read my blog at www.mckeay.net.